live from Buffalo Wild Wings. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Got a text, 69187, keyword R&R from the 408. Yo, Q, you know you can post your tweets on IG, right? <laughs> you don't have to post pics. You can also write and post messages. Have them youngsters learn you, homie. Yeah, man. It's like teaching an old dog new tricks, man. <laughs> right, right when I get this Twitter thing down, and believe me, I, I still don't have this whole Twitter thing down. I mean, I do the best I can, but, man, sometimes I go down a rabbit hole that I can't find my, myself out of. And uh, I, I need to learn how to get out of those situations. So the last thing I want to do is start some new social media that are not new. Obviously, Instagram has been around forever. But just I have to all of a sudden start working with a new, uh, a new social media. So don't want to do that if I don't have to. But thanks for the update because I did not know that at all. And Damon wasn't going to tell me, obviously. So thank you, Damon. You're not going to use your Instagram cue. I know. We you're all right. know it. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Also, uh, Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up. Q&D, happy Friday, gentlemen. What I'm looking for versus Denver on Sunday is a complete game of smash mouth, four quarters of football. Keep the penalties down, have a lead at halftime, and complete, complete it with a much-needed win. I'd love to sweep the Broncos here this season. Let's go, Raiders. Again, that's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that everyone's looking for is four quarters of football, right? And I, I'm not guaranteeing that you're going to see four quarters of football. And I know how hard that is to do in general in the league. But, man, I mean, this team needs to put together as much of a complete game as possible just to feel good about themselves. Right? I mean, again, it's not about going on a, a run and trying to make the playoffs, this, that, and the other. It's about feeling good about what you're doing. Put, the good, put, put together some good film. You know, put some good football on film and feel good about yourself when you're going over it the next day. Like, yeah, we did that. Right? That's, that's, that, that could go a long way, man. That's really important as far as I'm concerned. We got one more text, then we'll go to the phone lines. Mailman Raiders said, Q, I just want to see Pat Graham do what he said he was going to do when he got here. Put players in position to succeed. We need to see something from him or I'm going back on the bring Wade Phillips in train. Also, I want to see Chandler not on the field. There you go. Mailman Raider, uh, pretty much done with 55, done with, with, with double nickel. No need to see Chandler on the field from the Mailman Raider. And, yeah, that's, that's what uh, Pat Graham said. He said that he you know, was going to put players in position to succeed. He said one thing that he needed was players. And so it looked like in, from a distance and it looked like on the surface he had some players. Right now it looks like, well, maybe he doesn't have the players. But uh, with that being said, still needs to find a way to put them in the best position for them to succeed, regardless if it's exactly what he wants or not. Definitely appreciate that text, my man. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Then we'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. We also have Andrew Mason from 104.3, the fan in Denver, coming up at 3.30. But let's go out and talk to Hardcore Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's up, Q? How you doing, man? Oh, I'm blessed. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Hey, so I'm here in Donkeyville, you know, Colorado. <laughs> it's 15 degrees here right now, man. It's cold. And yeah. uh, it's going to be a little warmer by uh, game time on Sunday. But, you know, uh, you know, I just want to see Derek Carr win in one of these cold games, you know, especially that Donkey State. When that sun goes down, it gets cold. So he's going to have to keep warming his arm up on the sideline because, yeah. uh, you know, I've seen, I've seen some games, you know, I know we've done pretty well the last few years against the Broncos, but I've seen some games where I just didn't feel uh, like the Raiders were kind of – staying in the game towards the end when we had a chance to win it. I think a lot of that is, uh, you know, when the, when it's cold weather, your body, you know, you don't want to hit people. You don't want to throw the ball. It, it, it just makes – it's like another mental toughness you got to overcome. So I want to see Derek Carr overcome that. And then uh, I just want to say, you know, great job on, uh, you know, that Raiders video you did on the Raiders Shield, man. I hope, I hope they get to bring you on again because uh, I thought you did an awesome job, man. That was really exciting to see you uh, progress and, uh, you know, representing for everybody. So thank you. 
Hey, man, thank you. I appreciate that. Hardcore Raider right there. And, yeah, going back to the play on the field, uh, yeah, man, it, it would be nice to see Derek Carr, and, and they are going to have to deal with the elements. Like he said, it's 15 degrees right now. 15. No thank you. Now, it's going to be warmer come game time, but they're going to have to deal with those elements. So, you know, Derek Carr's always had that stigma of, you know, not being able to play in cold-weather games, and I feel like he's come kind of overcame that. Uh, as of late, but I mean, it's still, it, it's going to stick with them, and especially this year when things are going the way that they're going. I mean, I could definitely see that being, uh, you know, a problem, problematic, especially on Sunday, depending on what the situation is like. And as far as the behind the shield show, like, I, I had no idea what it was supposed to look like or what it was going to be when I went in and recorded uh, my parts of it and uh, probably recorded, I don't know, maybe 25, 30 minutes worth of stuff. Again, not knowing what it was going to look like, but it, I thought it came out pretty good. I thought it really did. So thank you, uh, you know, for the compliment on it. And, I mean, as I said when I tweeted it out, just a blessing to be a part of. You know, I was just kind of an honor that I was even thought of as, hey, you know what, we should get Q on here to see what he has to say. Uh, Eric Allen was on there. Kevin Bollinger was on there from Fox 5 and then myself. So uh, that's a pretty good company right there to keep. So I'm not mad at that. And uh, hopefully, you know, I do get called back and, and uh, asked to, to do some more stuff because that's the one thing I have no problem doing, man. You call me and ask me to. To be a part of something, I'm 99.9% uh, .9 of the time going to definitely do that. So thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. Uh, one more text. That's, or, no, sorry, two more texts, but both from Tom, our good friend Tom. We do appreciate you, Tom. Hi, Q. Hey, D. All I was saying yesterday is I'm not going to be critical of the depleted defense when they spent $340 million on offense. Get Adams, supposed to be an offensive guru, supposed to have a top-10 quarterback with all those assets on offense. They are supposed to carry the team and not be 18th in first quarter scoring. And then he also said, and damn, that's telling what Cassie said about Jones cutting out early. Hope team leaders have done something about it. Tough when two and seven. Shouldn't be playing more than third downs. Uh, it shouldn't be playing more than third downs on passing plays anyway. Again, that's from Tom. Thank you for both those texts. And, uh, yeah, and, and it's funny because I've been talking about Chandler Jones not being around for a while. I've been saying that, that, you know, every time I look up, he's not uh, uh, available to talk to. Whether it's after a game or if it's practice or whatever the case may be, like I, that's a legit question I have. It's like, when was the last time Chandler Jones was made available for us to talk to? We haven't, right? And, you know, we don't have to go back to the conversation from yesterday. I totally understand what you're saying. Um, bottom line is football is three elements to the game. I don't care if you spend $10 million, $100 million, whatever the case, whatever the word, whatever stupid number is out there. You can throw out any number. I don't care how much you spend on a certain side of the ball. It's still complimentary football. You have to get it done offensively, defensively, and on special teams. So you can't just say that, well, you know, the offense is supposed to carry the team. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're probably supposed to do the heavy lifting, but the defense has to do something. They've got to step up as well. I mean, they, you know, it's just it, it all goes together. Look, Tom, bottom line. The team is not doing what they're supposed to do this year, right? They're not living up to the, my expectations. They're 2-7. and seven. It's an overall disappointment. I mean, that's really all you can say. I don't even need to point the finger at anybody. I think that anyone in that locker room will tell you that's an overall disappointing season. Bottom line, even if they were doing really well offensively and the defense was struggling like they are and they're still losing games, are they in the locker room bragging? Yeah, but, hey, we're doing, some good, we're doing good on offense. No. It's a team game. They got to win games as a team. You don't get you don't get points. You don't get you know you don't get like in hockey. It's an overtime loss. You still get a point. You don't get a loss for a point when you're you know the, the offense succeeds and you still lose. You don't get you don't get points. You've got to win games. So you got to do it in all three areas of the game. It's that simple. Totally understand what you're saying. And maybe this offseason they'll spend all that money that you want defensively. And you know what? Maybe they won't. 
I don't know. It's not my call. But thank you so much for the text. I do appreciate you. And I promise I'm not going back to that conversation again. I'm just not going to do it. How you guys doing? Appreciate y'all coming in. Andrew Mason, 104.3 The Fan. He's coming up at 3.30. He'll tell us everything we need to know about the Denver Broncos. But let's hear what head coach Josh McDaniels had to say, uh, not only today, but the last couple times that he's met with the media when it comes to all things Denver Broncos. And uh, off top, he's just opening talking about Denver. and, and say, Sure, go ahead. And uh, talking about the team being a, a second or a different team than they were the first time around. Okay, Denver it is. So this is uh, – we just got done talking about this. Uh, this is an interesting <clears throat> uh, scenario because it's the second game of a division series, and I'd say the team we're getting ready to play is uh, dramatically different than the one we played the first time, and that doesn't always happen. Um, but there's a number of players, obviously, that have changed, some that have come back, uh, some that are no longer there. Uh, so we spent a lot of time this morning talking about the differences in the two uh, rosters, honestly, and the the getting familiar with the players we're getting ready to play against this time. You don't always have this um, the challenge of that because you, you a lot of times there's some familiarity and you're you're repeating a lot of the things that you said. But you know, I'd say with all the the, the guys that have either gone on IR or aren't there anymore, and now some of the guys that are back, this is kind of a new uh, you know a new opponent in many regards. You know, so. Some of the guys are the same, but there's plenty that's different. Obviously, there's plenty that's up in the air, too. So um, we're going to be busy studying uh, the potential um, matchups uh, that we could be faced with and the guys that they're going to play against. So uh, a little bit of a unique situation. So there he is, head coach Josh McDaniels, just talking about the team and how they're different than they were in week four, the first time that the Raiders played Denver at Allegiant Stadium. But then he goes on to talk about meeting with Denver the second time and the preparation that goes into it. That's what I said. It's an interesting dynamic because a lot of times when you play, you know, you play a division opponent and then you play in the second time, there's a lot of familiarity, whether it's scheme, personnel, uh, matchups, etc., that you, that you go back to and you say, man, that hurt us or we, we got the better on that one or whatever it is. I would say this one's almost like a new, like I said, like a new team, you know. Um, not every player's new, we know that, but there's a lot of changes that have happened between both teams. So I'd say that, you know, um, what, what worked in the first game, you can look at it, you may try it again, but I certainly also think there's a psychology to that as well. Uh, you got to be careful. I've always been more uncomfortable if you win the first one than if you lose it, because if you win the first one, your natural inclination and you know human nature is, well, let's just do what we did the first time. But the other staff's really good, and they're probably going to stop a lot of the things that you did to have success in the first game. And so there's a balance. You can't throw everything out that you did that worked, but you got to be careful about just relying on that. Um, and so this is our first opportunity, and we spent some time this morning talking about that with the team. You know, we can't just say, well, let's just roll the same game plan out there because they're going to practice those things, and they're probably looking at them saying, we can't let them beat us this way again. So um, there's a little bit of getting out in front of that before it happens on game day when you're playing the second game of a division rivalry. There you go. Just a little bit more emphasis on talking about playing the Denver Broncos, preparation, prep, preparing for the Denver Broncos the second time, 
and uh, how both teams are, are, are a lot different. Guys on IR, they both have a lot of guys on IR right now. Of course, Bradley Chubb was traded, so he won't be out there. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, both on IR. I mean, it's just a lot of new going into this one, and you can't really approach it the same exact way as they approached it in week four. Uh, one, I think that the Broncos are really going to try to have a big emphasis on slowing down the run because they know how much that's killed them uh, over the years and how much Josh Jacobs has killed them over the years. But here's Josh McDaniels talking about Denver Broncos defense. They don't give up a lot of easy plays. Um, you know, there's not a lot of – you don't put on the tape and say, well, there's a great opportunity to, you know, crease them on this, that, or the other. Um, they've done a, a really good job of limiting those. So they force you to drive the ball. Um, they're really good on third down. Um, and they create negative plays. So, you know, when they create a negative play and on third and seven plus, I want to say that they're giving up 11% conversions on third and seven plus, which is a, a tiny number. Um, so obviously there's a tug of war there. You know, we have to do a good job or try to do a good job of avoiding negative situations so we can stay in second and shorter, third and shorter, and try to keep moving the ball down the field. Um, and they do a tremendous job of not allowing that. And so um, there's just nothing easy, you know. They, they play a um, – the, their scheme has enough variety to it that they can get you with that. Um, they change it up a little bit. He's done a really nice job as a coordinator. He's done a really nice job of, of changing it up from week to week a little bit, um, but also giving his, his guys an opportunity to really play fast and aggressive. And they've lost some guys up front that are good players and they had I give George a lot of credit they had some really good depth behind those players you know that they've accumulated over time in the draft so on and so forth um, you know Chubb being out Gregory being out and then the guys on the edge Browning and Benita I mean those guys have still been able to make plays and be disruptive so um, got a lot of respect for what they've done in terms of building the roster defensively. They got a lot of good players, and their depth has really stand, it's really stood out to me as you watch them throughout the course of the season because they've had to do without a number of guys. There you go. Head coach Josh McDaniels right there talking about that Denver Bronco defense, and that's, I mean, that's been their calling card. That's what they've really had that they've been able to hang their hat on all season long, and the only team that was really successful against them offensively happened to be the Raiders. When the Raiders were here, or when they played them here in, in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. I mean, that's the one time that an offense really got off on them. And so that makes me feel good going into this game that the Raiders have a big opportunity. But at the same time, you have to feel like being on the road, being in the cold, uh, it should be a hostile environment, at least for a little while, right? I mean, I've seen Bronco fans leave when the team was going into overtime just because they're so fed up with that team. They're so angry at the, at the results of what they've done so far this season. They've been leaving games early. But for the most part, man, I mean, the Broncos, uh, obviously the fans don't want the, the Raiders to go into their house and get a dub. So they're going to be loud. They're going to be proud. They're going to be angry. They're going you know, to show all that out. So I know that that environment is going to be a little bit tougher than the environment that was here uh, at Allegiant Stadium. But, uh, again, this is a team that, in my opinion, has more talent to get it done. The question is, can they get it done? One of the questions that I asked to start the show was about what are you looking for? Not necessarily, you know, just like he's the victory, but what are you looking for in this game? And I talked about Sam Webb, talked about some of the youngsters, also talked about Josh Jacobs. But I also, one of the guys that I'm going to be looking forward to, and, uh, you know, Josh McDaniels talked about him today, was uh, Jerry Tillery. Jerry Tillery's been added to the roster. He's a guy that uh, was waived by the Chargers, and he comes in with one sack on the season. Well, the, it was funny. We actually had this conversation in the media room earlier before Josh McDaniels talked to us, said, uh, you know, Max Crosby obviously leads the team in sacks with seven. Who's second? And it's actually a tie. 
It's a tie with a second. Nate Hobbs has one. Denzel Perryman has one. Clean and and, uh, and Chandler Jones have a half. But then you have Jerry Tillery, and he has one. And I know he didn't get that one sack with the with the Raiders, but I mean he's on the roster and he has one sack. So he he would be basically tied with uh, with Nate Hobbs and Denzel Perryman, which is not a good thing. That means that there's not enough sacks. But that's you know that's that's it is what it is at this point. So. Uh, here's head coach Josh McDaniels talking about Jerry Tillery and thoughts on him playing and what maybe to expect from him on Sunday. You know, he's he's really he's an interesting guy. I mean, he what a what a fun guy to have here. Um, but he's really worked really hard to catch up. You know, I mean, the system that he was in, um, the terminology is different. So those kind of things are there's some barriers there that we got to break down, obviously. Um, but he's working his butt off to be able to try to do that as quickly as possible. So um, we'll give him another day of practice here today, see where we're at after today, and then how big the role could be, um, you know, if he's active on Sunday so that we can, you know, I don't want to put him out there and put him in positions where he's just not able to be successful because he doesn't really understand what it is yet. So um, we're going to take this whole body of work for the week and evaluate it, talk to him about it, see how he feels, and then kind of cut the role down if you can to something that, okay, he really understands this stuff and we'll let him go out there and play his best. Joshua Daniels on Jerry Tillery. I am, I am interested to see what he looks like this, uh, this Sunday. And, uh, again, he's got eight games to prove that he needs to stick around and be a Raider long term and be a guy in the interior of that defensive line that can help get some push and get towards a quarterback. Or he has eight games to prove that he's not that guy. Right? I mean, they're not paying him a whole lot of money. They picked him up off waivers. His base salary was about $2 million. So it'll be, you know, it's not that much that they're going to pay him. Let's put it like that. And so if he's able to provide a little something, then maybe they have a guy, a guy who's still relatively young, that can, you know, help, help be a part of this, uh, this uh, Patrick Graham-led defense moving forward. And if not, then, hey, you gave it your best shot. You, you, you brought in someone else that you thought maybe could provide a little bit of juice. It didn't work out. No harm, no foul. So that's, I don't think that that's a bad thing. I thought that was a really good pickup. So interested to see what Jerry Tillery looks like come su- Sunday. 318 is the time coming up at 430. We have an- or 330, excuse me, Andrew Mason, 104.3, the fan in Denver, talking all things Broncos. We'll get back to some more of your texts and some of your calls at 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. We're at 6640 North Durango, Buffalo Wild Wings. We'll be here till 5 o'clock. We don't have many prizes left, man. I'm telling you, got raided. It got raided. It was like Christmas came early, and that's okay. And come early to you, too. Come on by and get hooked up with Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 6640 North Durango is the location, Buffalo Wild Wings. It's happy hour. It's Friday. It's going into a football weekend. It's cold outside. So come on inside. Get some of these great prizes. Get hooked up. Get some drink specials. Get some food specials. Hang out. Have a good time. If you're at work, leave. Right? I mean, work is so overrated unless you're me. Then work is cool. <laughs> My guy Brian just left. <laughs> Brian's like, I'm actually working, Q. It's on you. I'm gone. That's funny. Brian just rolled out. He just, he, hey, man, he took me seriously. He's the only one who took man, if my wife ever listened to me like that, it'd be good, right? <laughs> I, I give her suggestions and she, yeah, whatever, Q. Doesn't matter. But, uh, no, come on by here. Hang out. We got some good prizes for you. We're having a good time. Talking some Raider football coming up at 3.30. Andrew Mason, 104.3, the fan in Denver, will give us our final preview on the Denver Broncos, what to expect as they take the field on Sunday versus the Raiders. 105 is the kickoff. You can hear that game right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, similar to Twitter, sometimes I go down rabbit holes and I can't get out of it, and I hate myself for it later. 
Here's another rabbit hole that I continue to go down. Me and my man Tom. Man, me and Tom need to – Tom needs to be here at Buffalo Wild Wings. Tom needs to come sit at the table, probably get a drink or two, and just, you know, just talk it out, just hash it out. But instead we're on the text line, texting at 69187, keyword R&R. And Tom, again, is going back to his talk that he had yesterday about the defense and the fact that he's not giving uh, – or not really being too critical of the defense. Again, his text – Q and D. All I was saying yesterday is I'm not going to be critical of the depleted defense when they spent $340 million on offense. Get Adams, supposed offensive guru, supposed top 10 quarterback with all the assets on offense. They're supposed to carry the team and not be 18th in first quarter scoring. So we've gone back and forth on it multiple times, and all I keep saying is the defense does matter. Regardless how much money they spent, the defense doesn't, does matter. And so all, all areas of the team needs to be held accountable. So I don't care how much money is spent and how much money isn't spent. It really doesn't make any difference to me. These guys all have pride. These guys, they all get paychecks, and they all are supposed to do their job. And right now, unfortunately for the defense, they're not doing their job. So if you're going to be critical of the team, be critical of the team. But Tom chooses just to be critical of the offense. And, Tom, I really honestly believe you're critical of the offense because you're not a fan of Derek Carr, which is fine. You don't have to be. Just say that. You also are probably not a fan of Josh McDaniels, which is fine. Just say that. Let's not beat around the bush and give me all these reasons why the defense doesn't matter because it does. So Tom's final text here is, if ingredients don't matter, maybe someone will win Formula One with the Civic. Talent don't matter. Just have scrubs. Look, Tom, these guys can play. These guys were all the best of the best at one point. Are they the 85 Bears? No, not at all. But are they a defense that's worth the salt? Yes, and I'm sure if you ask them, they would tell you they got pride. Max Crosby's got pride. Max Crosby's really good. Chandler Jones at one point in his career was really good. Nate Hobbs, unfortunately, is injured. Denzel Perryman was a pro bowler last year. Trayvon Merrick showed, showed a lot of, of, of life last year. Now, he's regressed this year. Jerron Harmon, he's got how many career interceptions? I mean, you act like there's, these guys are just scrubs. You act like these guys are nobody. If that was the case, me, you, Brian, and DeMond would be out there playing defense. Or, hell, they'd have 53 guys on offense and nobody on defense. Why don't they just do that? Like in baseball, when they, when they give an intentional walk, how come when the Raiders score, they don't just be like, all right, just go ahead and put seven up on the board for the other team because we're not going to stop them. I mean, you, these guys got to be held accountable, man. If you just don't like the offense and you don't like the key players like Carr, McDaniels, and others, just say it. Let's stop going around in circles, man. Let's just cut to the chase. It's like I tell the wife sometimes when she's mad at me and she's, telling, you know, she's giving me all these reasons she's mad. I'm just like, just, just give me the bottom line. What did I do and how do we fix it? Because this is all we're doing is going on a merry-go-round. Good thing she's at work. She's not hearing me saying that right now. <laughs> it might turn into something later. But, Tamar, you brought up a good point in the commercial break, talking about defense and the, and the payroll. Yes, I'm on Spotrack right now, and I'm looking at the teams in the NFL with the allocation of their cap dollars. Who's, like, the lowest in the NFL when it comes to spending money on defense? And number 32 is the Atlanta Falcons. And they're, they're a game out of first place in the NFC South. Now, are they the best team in the league? No, but no. it just goes to show that you can still be competitive with teams. The Raiders are ranked 26th. You want to know who's 29th? Here's it because I'm trying to not just cherry pick teams, but the Cincinnati Bengals are the 29th, and they are a legitimate threat. You know, to, they, they were in the Super Bowl last season. Right. So it's just it's just not hey, just the Raiders aren't spending money on defense. Now you can say that the offense needs to even be extraordinary to make up for that. But right. I'm saying that even teams that when they don't spend a lot of money on their defense, 
their defense is still out able to go out there and make plays. The New York Giants, we talked about them a lot yesterday. They're ranked 28th when it comes to defense and spending. And hey, Wink Martindale, he's got them playing a lot better with that same cast of characters than they did last season with Patrick Graham. Exactly. Look, the th- bottom line is, man, it doesn't really matter what your paycheck looks like. If you're worth the salt and you have a little bit of pride about yourself, you're, you're going to go out there and you're going to give everything you got. Right? I mean, that's just, that's just what it is. So I don't care how much these guys make. I know Chandler Jones got paid a lot of money. He's only got a half a sack. So if we're, if, if we're, if we're judging talent on, based off of, off of paycheck, he should be leading the team in sacks. Right? Him and Max Crosby should be leading the team in sacks. Max is holding up his end of the bargain. Chandler's not. These guys got to be held accountable. You can't just ignore them because their, their side of the ball is not paid as much as the offense. That's silly. That doesn't sound right. That sounds like, you, you know what you sound like? And I don't mean to sound disrespectful, but this is definitely going to sound disrespectful. This sounds like you're that cat at the job that says, well, that ain't my job. I don't get paid for that. That's what that sounds like. That's exactly what that sounds like. Well, the other guy gets, he gets paid more than I do, so I ain't going to do that. I'm not going to clean up after myself because I don't get paid for that. That's what that sounds like. You know what that is? That's a loser mentality. It just is. you got to be accountable. Sometimes things don't go the way we want it to. Sometimes we don't get paid as much as the next guy does. But you know what? we still got a job to do. I don't get paid as much as some of my peers. I still have a job to do. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I'm not going to do my job as good as the next guy because he makes more than me. No. Who does that? That's a terrible mentality to have. So if you just don't like the quarterback, just say it. Say, hey, I hate the quarterback and I hate the coach because then this conversation would be a lot smoother. It would make a whole lot more sense. But right now we are going around in circles, my man, and these circles are boring. But thank you for the text. I do appreciate you. (laughs) Got a couple texts from the 707. Who said defenses win championships? Got a text from 908. Q, what I want to see is a team with some pride. Come out and play hard for this fan base who loves this team unconditionally. That's Mark and Jersey. We did get a good one from the 408 from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q&D, I have to ask, what are your thoughts about no alcohol, no booze at the World Cup? <laughs> the biggest sporting event in the world and no booze for the fans? I would definitely cancel my World Cup plans immediately due to this. Who's your favorite, Mexico, Argentina, Croatia? Sir Whiskey Ray, I don't have a, a, a World Cup team. I'm going to go for USA because, you know, it's USA. <laughs> right? I'm not, I'm not a soccer guru. I'm just not that guy. But uh, I'll definitely pay attention here and there. It should be a whole lot of fun. So there you go. Uh, appreciate the text, my man. In a couple minutes, we will have Andrew Mason, 104.3 The Fan, from uh, Denver, talking all things Broncos and what to expect from this game coming up on uh, Sunday and what to expect from a team that's beat up. The Broncos are really, really beat up, man. I mean, they got like five guys that are out already that have been ruled out, and it's not even it's not even the game yet. They're already ruled out. So they are a very depleted team, but they're also a team that's going to want to beat the, the Raiders, no doubt about it. They're not going to want to go on a six-game losing streak to, uh, to the Raiders. And this is a game that's big for Nathaniel Hackett, too. Think about that. The head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, man, he's got a lot riding on this game. Uh, everything that I keep hearing, and I don't root for anyone to get, get fired because getting fired stinks. Uh, no matter what, jo- what, what, what walk of life you're in, getting fired is terrible. Jobs are hard to come by. But uh, everybody I've talked to and everybody we've talked to so far this week about the Denver Broncos are talking about Nathaniel Hackett might not make it to the end of the season, which is a shame, right? I mean, he's just I, – I, I kind of feel bad for him. I feel like he was that guy that was brought in because they just knew that Aaron Rodgers was going to follow him. And it ended up not happening. And then they ended up with Russell Wilson, which is not a bad consolation prize at all. I thought Russell Wilson was going to be a really good quarterback for him, and it just hasn't, 
it hasn't meshed the way that they thought it was going to mesh. But I do think that Nathaniel Hackett probably is going to end up being the fall guy because he really wasn't the guy that they wanted to begin with or they didn't get the guy that they thought bringing him in was going to get, if that makes sense. So uh, we'll see. Again, Andrew Mason should be joining us in a matter of seconds from 104.3 The Fan in Denver. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, get our final uh, update on the Denver Broncos. We'll also give out some more prizes here and there. We'll get some more calls and texts. This is how we do on a Friday from Buffalo Wild Wings with Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. We're here at Buffalo Wild Wings. This is the spot. Every single Friday we're at a new one, 6640 North Durango. We were anticipating Andrew Mason from 104.3 The Fan in Denver, but we haven't been able to get him, so that's okay. No worries. We will. Uh, we have plenty. <laughs> Believe me, we have plenty where that came from uh, to get to. We have Lee Sterling coming up at 4.30. Uh, he'll give you all the betting lines, talk about uh, some college games. We'll also talk about some NFL games and let you know where to place your money and who to place your money on uh, the rest of this, uh, this weekend and all weekend long. So we'll do that coming up at 4.30. He's from Paramount Sports. Dot com. Again, we don't have too many prizes left here. Uh, I gave out a whole lot of stuff, and, uh, we, you know, we do what we do. We try to give as much out as possible and, and want to make it worth your while when you come by and say what's up. So definitely appreciate everyone who comes by and stops by and says what's up. Uh, young Brody just came by, and uh, he was a really cool young man, and he had a fanny pack, and, or he got a fanny pack and told me that, uh, that his fr- friends have a fanny pack. I didn't ha- Again, I'm so, I'm so mesmerized by this fanny pack thing. I didn't even know that it was a real thing. I gotta deep dive into some more stuff, Damon. I gotta, I gotta, um, I gotta, I gotta educate myself or something, man. I'm, I'm, I'm living in the sports bubble too much where I don't realize some things. I've gotta, I've gotta get a little culture, man. Yeah, man. Fanny packs are cool. You're talking about being behind on IG. What about TikTok? I mean, when are you no, gonna? No, I'm not see, doing that. No, you. There's so many things that you're behind on. That's okay. I'm behind on a little bit of things too, but I just try to keep up. So when some, do you some, have a fanny pack? No, I do not. No. Okay, exactly. Exactly, but they, but it wouldn't. It's not. It's not for the lack that I. If someone gifted did me, did you a fan know? Pack, did you know that they were cool? Yes. Again, you did. Yes. Okay, I didn't know that. So you're up on game on me. That's fine. What else did you know? Fun facts that Demond knows. <laughs> uh, man, you're really putting me on the spot here. You know what I did want to say? Now that we got we got a little extra time now. What? Went to go see the new Black Panther. Oh, okay. You know, are you ready for these thoughts? Wait, I thought you, I thought you and Cassie already discussed that, or was that just Cassie's review and you didn't? That was her review. I hadn't seen it yet. Oh, okay. That All was right, just well, that's just what she thought. Oh, okay. So I'm assuming by that sound that you feel a little bit differently. So go ahead. I'm gonna plug in my laptop so it doesn't die, <laughs> and you, uh, you go ahead and tell me about Black Panther. All right, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Everybody, it's been out for a week, so I'm not gonna spoil the movie too much. I know. But, I need to go see it. But if you haven't fact. seen it by now, come on. You, what are you sleeping on? All right, so they start off the movie with a great Chadwick Boseman tribute. You know, they land the plane there, you know, because it's obviously it's going to be rocky. How do they start the film? That's gracefully done. Perfect. No notes. The first half of the movie was really perfect for me, where you have the villain, Namor, and hey, he's in the surface world. They build a machine, and it's like, hey, we can find vibranium, this super rare metal that's only found in Wakanda and for his city under the sea. And then they find a machine that they can detect, and he's like, hey, 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 I don't know what y'all doing up here on, on, the, on the mainland, but keep him out of the ocean. And he tries to be diplomatic about it. He's like, hey, how about we just kill the one scientist who made the machine? And I'm not going to lie, I was on his side for the first half of the movie. Kill one person, everybody gets to be happy. But they were like, no, we can't kill people. You know how the, you know, it's a Disney movie, you know, so they got to be friendly about that. They don't want to kill the one scientist just so this guy can protect his people. And then... He went a little too far, man. All I'm going to just say is Angela Bassett. 
She was great in the first half of the movie. Angela Bassett still got it. And then... Don't tell me she was bad at any point in the movie. She, oh, no, no, of course she wasn't. Carried okay. that movie on her shoulders. I was about to say. I mean, MVP. Okay, I was about and, to uh, say. Yo, I, w- I would never say anything bad about the queen. Okay. I just want to make sure. <laughs> want to make sure we we're on the same page there. Angela Bassett still got it. Lapita Nyong'o, Q, you'll know where I'm going with this. I didn't know she had it, but boy, does she have it. Boy, <laughs> she got it. It. I didn't know. Was unfamiliar with her game. I don't even know who she is. Oh, man. You, got, you just plugged in the computer. What's Google her name? It. Lupita Nyong'o. Uh, yeah, because I know how to spell <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, you know what? Google, that's why Google will help you out. They'll know what you mean. Kenyan Mexican actress? Yes. Okay. All right. Hold on. I'm working on it. Go ahead. You keep talking. Okay, yeah. And then we have that. Letitia Wright. She's obviously the sister, Sherry. So she's got to get her her mantle, her path to become the new Black Panther. And this also, it, it, it jives with the comics. In the comics, Sherry has been the Black Panther before. So I'm not saying it was a seamless transition, but it does make sense for people who want to be the purest. Sherry has held the mantle of Black Panther before in the comics. The only part about the movie that I didn't like was that they had to squeeze in this Ironheart character and it's cool, you know, she's like a young, she's a young girl, like a young American girl, and they pick her up as they, like, come over to the States. But mm-hmm. it was just like, she had, like, a lot of her lines were supposed to be funny because she's the person that's just like, what's all this Wakanda stuff? Can yeah. I get some of those suits and stuff? And it's just like, we didn't need, like, a young teenager. I'm telling you, man, teenagers just don't make movies better. Like, it was, I understand with the character in the Marvel machine, they've just got to keep it going. But I could have done without it. And Q, Winston Duke, M'Baku, he was back. Man, you, you know, hit me with so many different names, man. You're I'm telling like, you, man. I was a fan of this movie. You want to hear my? You want to hear my accent for the movie? The best line delivery of the movie. Go for been it. Been trying this all. Been doing this all week, Q. I'm sure you have. As he was Demond, talking Demond about, will be here all week. As he was talking about the bad guy in the movie, you know, because he's like, we shouldn't go to war with these guys, and he's like, the fishman. They do not call him general or king. They call him Cuckoo Khan, the feather serpent <laughs> god. And I was like, man, that brother you, acting right there. You sound like you should have been in Coming to America. That's what it sounds like. You in the wrong movie. You sound like you should have been in Black, uh, Coming to you, America. It's Wakanda. Uh, it's, a, it's a fictional I, I understand, but it just sounds like you should be in Coming to America. Do that line again. I, I mean, sir, I'm, I'm really impressed. But I, I promise you that that should be <laughs> that should follow up with like Eddie Murphy or Arsenio Hall coming out and saying something about, you know, something he needs done because – you know, he's the, he's, the, he's the prince. They do not call him general or king. <laughs> they call him Kukukan, the feather serpent god. <laughs> and boy, was he, man. I mean, Namor, this dude, he was one of the best villains that they've had in a Marvel movie in a while, too. He could fly. I mean, he was just slicing like helicopters out of the air. And it was like, dude. This is one of the best bad guys they've had in a while. I'll give it an 8.5 out of a 10 because there was still some Marvel stuff. Some of the jokes didn't land. But I'm cute. You got to go see it. You're not going to be disappointed. I'll tell you that right now. So Cassie 6.5 was a little too low. Okay. We got a text from the 408. Hell no. I work 70 hours a week. Going to watch it this weekend. This dude trying to ruin it. Bye. (laughs) LOL. So there you go. So is it good or bad? (laughs) Uh, I'm giving it an 8.5. 8.5. Cassie gave it a 6.5. Okay. I haven't seen it yet, so, uh, you know, my, my scale is a little bit different than everyone's because I'm not the movie buff. 
So, you know, my scale is probably really off. Yeah, you're hard to please. I mean, uh, Black Adam didn't, you know what I mean? Black Adam was terrible. That was a terrible movie. I hope that we get The Rock on the show one day so we can tell him that, that was, he knows that was a bad movie. You know, sometimes you do stuff and you know it was bad, but you just got paid for it anyway. That's what that was, man. That was a terrible perfor- That movie was bad. That was awful. And I went and the only reason I watched it is because you gave it a, a decent review. I, t- I listened to you. As you should. <laughs> Obviously, when it comes to movies... I thought I should, but I, maybe I shouldn't. Because if I ever have to see a Black Adams type movie again, they'll be the man. I will never go to the theater again if that's the case. So there you go. All right. Well, three forty-four is the time. After that great acting performance, we definitely got to take a break here live at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. We have the injury report. I'll go over it for both the Raiders and the Broncos. Uh, we'll close out hour number two. We'll get to some more calls and text. And shocking, Tom has hit his back. This is fun. This is Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 3.48 is the time. We're here at Buffalo Wild Wings, 6640 North Durango, here to close out hour number two of the show. We're here till 5 o'clock, and Juan the Smasher just rolled out, him and uh, Baby Smashers. He had his uh, daughter and his son with him, and uh, he, said, he said, tell DeMond I said peace. So there you go. Juan the Smasher rolling on Shout out. Shout out to Juan the Smasher. Uh, absolutely. But he came on by. He hung out for a while, was able to get some cool prizes, some good food, you know, get ready for the weekend, get some good little drink specials going on here. And we have some fanny packs left. We have some front row card show tickets left. Got some koozies left. Not a whole lot, but we got a couple little things, and we got a couple little surprises that my man Brian was holding on to. Uh, to make sure that we had a little something-something a little bit later on for the show, too. So uh, he knows my tendency is to just give everything away quick, fast, and hurry. So he said, you know what? Let me go ahead and put something to the side. Q will never notice it. Even if it's sitting right next to him, he'll never notice it. And he was right. He was absolutely right. So we have a couple extra prizes that I didn't even realize that I had. Uh, We've been throwing out the question about what are you looking for from the silver and black. Maybe there's someone in particular you're looking for this week in this game against Denver, you know, maybe to step up or maybe to get a little bit extra burn and see what kind of player they could be. Like me, in particular, I'm looking at Sam Webb. I'd like to see a little bit more from the undrafted free agent, see what he's looking like, see if he can continue to build off the good game he had against Indy on Sunday. Uh, you know, also would like to see what Jerry Tillery, the guy that they picked up off of waivers from the Chargers, defensive tackle, what he looks like. And honestly, I would like to just see the team look like they know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> right? Just know what the hell you're doing. Just have that kind of a, that look where they, they have a rhythm offensively and defensively, regardless who's out there playing. You know, just do your job. That's what it's all about. Uh, we did get a text about seeing the rematch between Amik Robertson and Jerry Judy. Unfortunately, that won't happen on Sunday because uh, for Denver, the Denver Broncos, Jerry Judy is out. Uh, didn't practice all week with the ankle injury. He is out. Also out for the Broncos, Andrew Beck, hamstring injury. He's a fullback tight end. K.J. Hamler, wide receiver, out dealing with a hamstring injury. Also, Kawan Williams, uh, he has a wrist, an elbow, and a knee. He's all kind of banged up. Cornerback, he is out. Also out, Jonas Griffith the an- uh, with the uh, ankle injury, inside linebacker. Uh, he participated on Wednesday, but didn't on Thursday, or was limited on Thursday and didn't participate today, and he's out. So clearly he got worse as the week went on, which is unfortunate for him. Bearing Browning, the outside linebacker, he's questionable with the hip injury. Tom Compton, the offensive lineman, back injury, questionable. Tackle Cam Fleming, quad injury, questionable. Guard Graham Glasgow, shoulder injury, questionable. Wide receiver Kendall Hinton, 
Uh, he's questionable as well with a shoulder injury. So uh, there's a lot of questionable and a lot of out right now for the Denver Broncos. The Raiders' injury report doesn't look as bad at all, really. I mean, it really looks a lot cleaner than Denver does. Uh, Devontae Adams, though, he uh, hurt, got hurt during the game against Indy. Uh, he's dealing with an abdomen injury. He's been limited all week in practice, Wednesday, Thursday, and today. He's actually questionable for the game on Sunday, so that's one to pay attention to in a major way. Linebacker Luke Masterson dealing with rib injuries. He was limited all week long. He's questionable uh, for, uh, for Sunday. Denzel Perryman dealing with a rib injury. He's limited on Wednesday and Thursday, participated fully today, so he's questionable for Sunday. And Sam Webb, the guy that I'm looking forward to paying attention to, uh, knee injury limited on Wednesday and Thursday, full participant today. Uh, I'm sure he's going to – it looks like he's going to be good to go on Sunday. And that's it. Rakyasin had a personal day on, uh, on Wednesday, full day on Thursday, uh, wasn't even listed today. So that's a good thing. So there you go. Four guys questionable for the silver and black, and that's it. But Devontae Adams obviously is the big one. Luke Masterson, Colton Miller, and also Denzel Perryman join him as questionable. So uh, that's the injury report. There will be no Amik Robertson versus Jerry Judy, but that would be fun. And Amik is always a guy that you pay attention to, right? I'm always kind of looking forward to see what uh, Amik does each and every week. Uh, again, he's a guy that we said earlier this week, I didn't even know if he was going to make the squad. I didn't think he was going to make the squad going into that final preseason game, and he absolutely has. So uh, big ups to Amik. We'll see what he's able to do on Sunday versus the Broncos. Got a text from the 707. Talking about defense, there's only two teams that spent less on defense than the Raiders in 2022. 59 million. But there are teams that spent 40 million more that aren't playing good defense, like the Jaguars and the Chargers, over 100 million. So that's a text from the 707 going back talking about the, the defense, uh, as Tom has said. And Tom sent us a very long text. Uh, of course, defense matters. When did I say it doesn't matter? I'm not a fan of McDaniel. Said that like five times. You're spinning the merry go round, not me. Giants have more talent than the Raiders D. Again, you're spinning the merry go round. Did I say don't critique the defense? When? Please tell me for the fourth time. I'm more critical of the offense because they have more talent and assets spent on that side of the ball. You don't criticize the offense for some reason. That's fine too, Tom. And actually, I do criticize the offense. And we've talked about the offense in nauseam. Yesterday, we chose to talk about the defense. Like, one day we chose to talk about the defense, and I was very specific about it. Matter of fact, it was what? Maybe it was even two days, but I was very specific about it. You know, when we had Danielle on talking about Patrick Graham's defense, and the day before that we were talking about defense. We do this show five days a week, Tom. Five days. So if I take one day to talk about one specific side of the ball, what's the big deal? What is the big problem? I'm not going to come in here and pound Derek Carr every day because that's all everyone does. And I think that that gets old and tiring. If you want, let me answer this question for me. Would you like to do a show where we just talk trash about the defense? Or the offense, I mean, excuse me. There I go with that defense again. Would you just like for us to come in here and just talk about the defense for, or offense? Jesus, I can't get defense out of my mind. For three hours, just talk about the offense. Would that make things better for you? If that's what you want, let me know. We can examine every element of the freaking offense if that's what you want. But everybody does it. Everybody, don't you get tired of hearing the same old thing? I do. I get tired of talking about the same thing. So I look at different elements of the team so the conversation is a little bit more intriguing. I don't want to sit here and harp on the same subject every single day. Okay, you don't like Joshua Daniels, fine. Guess what? He's coming back next year. As at least that's what it seems like right now. So deal with it or don't. You don't like the quarterback, fine. Guess what? Most likely he's coming back next year. Deal with it or don't. You don't like all the assets that are spent into the offense and they're underperforming. Fine. Deal with it or don't. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I just, 
What do you want? We do this five days a week. I refuse to come in and do the same thing over and over and over. That's boring. And I hate, I hate doing anything that seems to be boring. So you tell me, Tom. Also, he said, Q, you sound like the guy at work that tries to be friends with everybody, and then when you mess up, oh, well, it is what it is. But, damn, that department's understaffed really isn't pulling their weight. Well, that's not who I am, Tom. I know you don't know me, but that's not who I am. I'm actually the guy who is not as talented as everyone else, but I'm going to work harder than everybody else. I promise you that. That's why I'm at where I'm at right now. So I'll tell you exactly who I am. I'm the guy that's going to bust his ass all the time and work as hard as possible, regardless if I know how to do it or not. I'm going to make sure that I do the best that I can every single time. That's what you're going to get from me. I'm not the guy who says, oh, well, it is what it is. I'm not that dude at all. Never will be that dude. Never have been that dude. So we can fire slugs back and forth all day long, but I think people are going to get tired of me and you going back and forth firing shots at each other. Again, you should probably just be here at Buffalo Wild Wings. We can sit down and have a conversation, and you can decide who I am and who I'm not. But I promise you I'm not the it is what it is guy, and it's not my department. And, oh, that's understaffed. No, you know what I, who I am? I'm the guy that says, how can I help? How can I make things better? What do you need me to do? That's who I am. 357 is the time. We'll get to the calls on the other side. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings, 6640 North Durango. It's Radio Nation Radio, 920.